Hi, this is Kevin. Welcome back to Hug Your People, episode 12. I'm really excited about this episode because this is our second day in Jacksonville and I'm going to talk about some probably some things that I certainly never considered and probably some of you don't consider when uh, you know someone who's going through some of the stuff. Welcome back to Hug Your People. This is episode 12. I think there's an incredible amount of behind the scenes um, effort that I didn't consider uh, when Baxley was diagnosed and how I I don't think I should have been considering it. I just think that it it was something that we're learning and um, the amount of effort that goes into treating uh, pediatric cancer is almost overwhelming many times. And I think, you know, as we decided to share Baxley's story and go somewhat public with it, actually very public with it. We knew that some people wouldn't understand and that's okay. And, and we knew some people wouldn't want to understand and, and that's okay too. But I think what we've really found in the last, uh, you know, last few months, uh, having some hard conversations with friends and family about what we have the bandwidth to handle as parents and as people, um, the things that we used to be able to handle effortlessly are now a really big challenge. Keeping up with the relationships, um, it, it's, not always, um, it's not always in our day, meaning we don't always have the energy to quickly give someone a call and have a conversation about the weather. Um, after having put your son under anesthesia through radiation and chemotherapy and changed uh, a diaper and, and you know, had thrown, thrown up from chemo in your car and all, after all of that goes on and I don't want chicken, I want pizza. And after all of that goes on, it, there are days when we just don't have it in us to have a meaningless conversation. Um, and I think, you know, that, that's, uh, most, most people understand that. And, and I think a, a lot of people understand that. And the things that, that really we don't see, you know, the face of cancer is let's help and let's let's do the research and let's do um, uh, let's have the party that raises money and and let's let's really fight for these kids and all that is necessary and all of that is good um, and then what happens what happens on the halls of the children's oncology um, hall, at the children's oncology halls and at, at the, uh, the UF Proton facility you know you just meet families and you meet kids who are in a room by themselves fighting this thing and there's no um, there's nothing glamorous about it there's nothing uh, there's nothing heroic about it there's nothing inspiring about it it just is what it is and it's hard you know and some days you go in the bathroom and cry and um, some days you sit in your closet and cry and some days you have to hide those tears because your little boy needs you. And if he sees those, he's going to get upset because he doesn't want to see daddy upset, you know? And, um, some days, you know, you have to hide those tears cause, um, cause I need strength and my wife can't cry cause I need strength and or vice versa. And I think that that is the work behind the scenes that people most commonly miss, um, is that they, you know, and I did a podcast about it before it doesn't go away. And so, <clears throat> I think looking at looking at the road we're, we're, we've come down so far, that has been the biggest challenge is just explaining to people or trying to explain to people that I don't have the room to add any more onto my plate. 
you know, I don't have the room to take care of someone else's emotions right now because I got enough between taking care of my own, my sons, my wife's. Um, I, I can't, there, there's, there's no more that I have. There's no more that my wife has. There's no more that Baxley has to care about someone else's feelings in this moment. And that sounds at surface, that sounds really awful and terrible. Um, but at the same time, it's completely true. And so as awful as it may sound, uh, it is, it is true. And it doesn't mean I, that we get, are allowing ourselves to travel through the world being jerks to people or being mean or being rude. What it means is I'm aware of what I can tolerate and I'm aware when I need to show up and I'm not going to let anybody pull me out of those times from when I need to show up. If um, going to dinner with somebody is going to exhaust me and I can't show up, then I'm not going to go to dinner regardless of how they feel about it. If making a phone call is going to make me more tired than I am now, then I'm not going to make that phone call because I can't handle it. I can't do the things I need to do and make that phone call. So the phone call goes away. And that's been so hard for me because there are people that I, I, I care about and love that I just haven't been able to keep up with the way that I want to. And the reason I haven't been able to do that is because it just takes too much out of me. It does. And, you know, I'm sitting here in the Ronald McDonald house as we, as I record this, um, cause Tuesdays are my working days and they have to be my working days because otherwise this family goes under. And so I have to work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and I've sent my wife and my son to proton radiation and my brain is completely present with my clients. It is as I hang up in the back of my mind, what are they doing now? And my wife's really good about sending pictures and updates and things like that. And so, um, there, there is an element of you run the worst case scenario in your head and you have to kind of come out of that and trust in God's will and trust in, in the doctors and everything like that and know that everything's going to be okay. We're getting through this. You wouldn't be human. I don't think if you didn't think about those things. And so, the balance of I have to do this because I have to work because if I don't work, I don't serve my clients and my family stands a greater chance of bankruptcy and losing the house and losing the car. So I have to do this by saying yes to that. I say no to being at treatment with my son. And I, I say um, that, that I have to just trust that everything's going to go as planned. And that's a, that's a challenge. So while, you know, people hear, Oh great. It's great that you get to work two days a week. And it's like, I don't get to, I have to, <laughs> you know, my family I require it requ it's required that I work two days a week, and my wife works two days a week for this, uh, for for a lot of reasons, mainly our financial, um, up, you know, financial stability, but also for our mental health because it it's the closest thing to normalcy that she and I have right now, and people don't realize what goes into that. There's an effort behind the scenes that goes into that. Meaning, every break I get, I'm thinking, where where's Baxley? Is he under anesthesia now? Is he coming out? Is everything going okay? Um, is he throwing up? Is he, uh, is he upset? Is he awake? Is he asleep? You know, how's my wife? Is she holding up? Is she getting every, the support she needs? And so all of that's happening and that happens nonstop, you know? And I think that's kind of where, um, where the disconnect comes, at least for me, it was, you know, when I heard about, you know, oh, so-and-so has, has cancer, I, I didn't really, before this, I didn't really dive in deeper on what that meant and what that impacted people. And, um, now I do, um, and, and now I will. And I think, I hope by sharing this part of it, that it helps you, maybe someone else in your life um, is going through something and it helps you just identify on a deeper level. But I think, I think the biggest gift that we can give people when they're going through things that are this heavy is we can give them the blessing of time 
we can give them the blessing of grace and understanding, um, and we cannot add on to their plate because their plate's full. And we cannot assume that they can handle one more thing because they can't. And we cannot assume that they're responsible for our feelings because they're not. And we can't um, show up expecting to be entertained, to be catered to, or to be uh, even acknowledged because that's not what that person has time for or the bandwidth for right now. And uh, I think, you know, given some of the difficult conversations I've had with, uh, with some people in my life, you know, I, don't, I think that's something that's missed. I, I think it is. I think it's something that's taken for granted. Uh, I know by, by, certainly by me, um, before I got into this with, with Baxley and, and Suzanne, um, it was not com fully computed with me as far as what goes into treating this. And it just consumes you, everything about you. And you do things out of necessity and you don't do things out of, oh, I just like doing that, you know. I don't like watching my son ride his Jeep around our yard. Um, I do it because I know he needs to do it. The reason I don't like it is because I know he'd rather be playing on the playground or playing soccer or running around, but he can't because of his legs. He can't run. Um, his legs are too weak and, and he's neutropenic and um, there's all the things that go into him not being able to do the things that he used to love to do, so this is what he has to do because this is his, his the only thing he can do uh, or that he feels like doing. Don't get me wrong, he gets out and plays and he, we play, play dates in our house and riding his little motorized Jeep around the house brings him a great joy and it brings me great joy in that. But that's something we have to do to create some normalcy. If he had his choice of doing that or playing, or playing on the playground or swimming, he would be swimming or playing on the playground. And, um, and we'll get back to those days, but that, that's kind of it right now. So I think the, the behind the scenes effort that you don't, that doesn't get published, it doesn't really get advertised is the stress that it brings on a marriage, the stress that it brings on um, relationships outside of the home, the stress that it brings on extended family, and uh, the stress that um, it can bring on friendships. And when you really, if you're sitting on the outside and you're looking in, uh, it's really easy to say, oh, just handle it or just deal with it or just uh, here's what you got to do, you know. <laughs> and if one more person tells me here's what you got to do, like I, I might flip. I might, I might just go off the deep end. But I understand where they're coming from. They're coming from a place of care and concern and love and they're trying to help. And really the biggest help that can be given is either take away a decision or allow us time or give us a little bit of grace and not demand any more out of us you know and meaning I can't take care of anybody else right now and, uh, and I don't think a, most people don't even expect me to you know but I have run into a few people that do expect me to and it's just not in me right now it's just not and it doesn't matter what relationship I have with the person it's just not in me and uh, it won't be in me until this time next year because that's when we'll be wrapping up our chemo. We'll have about two more weeks left of chemotherapy and treatments this time next year. So I have a full, you know, 12 plus months left of this um, and it's fighting every day. And we're, I'm sitting in Ronald McDonald House today in Jacksonville, Florida. My wife's at uh, treatment with my son. I'm taking my client calls. I'm about to go into a group coaching session, which I'm really excited for. Uh, I really am. And we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. and. It is really amazing to see how far we've come 
and it's scary to see how far we have to go. But we'll get through it. It will be, um, it will be taken care of. And I want to share one last story with you about Baxley's wagons. Um, today we placed the second wagon. Um, the first wagon is going to our good friend in Charleston, South Carolina, Freddie. Um, Freddie is two years old with um, Down syndrome and leukemia. Uh, Freddie's mom uh, met my wife and I, and we just, uh, Freddie needs a wagon. Freddie loves to dance, and so we're going to give Freddie a wagon. And then we met a young man in Florida named Jackson. And Jackson, I don't know the science behind it, but basically Jackson is going through radiation and chemotherapy to prolong his life. He is uh, considered terminal, and he's just a bright, shining star. <clears throat> he's just a bright, shining star. And um, you meet people like that who are staying positive and staying... Uh, driven and they're staying focused and they're facing worse worse than we are and it makes me incredibly grateful for two reasons one that we are going through only what we're going through and two that we have the opportunity to meet these people who are the real heroes and who are the real strength of the whole operation they are the real behind the scenes of cancer and um, it it makes me less tolerable for complaining about things like the line was too long at Starbucks or I have to go pick my kid up at soccer practice or I have another teacher conference. And from where I sit, you get to wait in line at Starbucks and you get to go pick your kid up from soccer practice and you get to go to another teacher conference because we're surrounded by a lot of people who don't get that. They'll never get that. They'll never have that again. <clears throat> And so when you think about the behind-the-scenes work that goes into this, have a little, um, little empathy. Have a little grace. You know, if you don't get your thank-you note right away, um, please understand. <laughs> if, you don't, if your phone call isn't returned right away, please understand. Um, almost all the people in my life have understood uh, so far, and they've been wonderful, been wonderful. I have had a couple conversations that um, left me more drained than energized, and, and that's okay. But it also, as we carry on and as my energy level wanes and as it ebbs and flows, those conversations will become few and far between because I just, I won't be able to do them anymore. And um, that's the real, that's the reality. That's the truth. You know, it's not about being mean or manipulative or, or ignoring people. It's just about, I have a mountain of things that I have to face emotionally every day and a four-year-old is relying on me to show up as best that I can. And uh, I think Baxley knows what's going on a little more now uh, than he did before. But um, don't ignore the behind-the-scenes uh, work that people are doing on their own when it's dark and it's late and, or it's early in the morning and no one else is there, no one else is up yet. And There's a lot of work being done by these parents and these kids uh, to deal with cancer. And uh, just acknowledge that. Thank you for joining me for episode 12 of Hug Your People. I'm really excited to 
keep this thing going and to keep helping these kids. And as, as you heard in the episode, the second Baxley wagon has been placed. We're really excited to bring that on. We have 10 funded, possibly 11, and we're going to place them all. But what we're doing is we're placing them with the right people. And I feel like our first two are just uh, really great kids that really need a wagon and their families are fantastic. And um, I, I think this is going to be really great. I probably won't have video about it because we want to respect privacy, but I will announce when they have been placed and we'll have pictures of the wagons and all of that. This is Kevin. This has been episode 12. Stay tuned for coming episodes as well as joining us for Alex's Lemonade Stand Million Mile in September. If you want to donate, um, go to my Facebook page and you can donate through that page or you can join us in the running and walking and biking. It's going to be a great month. This is Kevin. Hug your people.